coming up on Art Palace. The whole goal, I think, for, for audio is to not be noticed. Like, you don't, it's like a bass player, I say. Like, you don't notice a bass player unless they're bad. Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Eyrig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is Bart Vanderzee, audio engineer at Gwyn Sound and host of the Drum History Podcast. So what do you do exactly? So I am a full-time audio engineer. Okay. So I work at a studio. So d- no pressure, Russell. Yeah, yeah. So don't <laughs> screw up. No, but so like, what I do... If you don't mind just like not listening to this episode, <laughs> yeah, that would be fine. No. So what I do is I, um, I'm i in charge of podcast <laughs> recording. So I do like um, companies like TriHealth and um, I do some business ones. Um, then I get to do cool stuff like work on... Um, I do dialogue replacement for like TV shows and movies that come through town. Oh, really? So I just did Law & Order, just did Chicago PD. Um, I worked on the new Trolls movie. It's coming out in 2020. Um, world all, Tour? World Tour. Yeah, <laughs> World Tour. So the, the, I only know about this through the McElroy. Like, I recorded them. Oh, okay, you I did. recorded their parts for the movie. Okay. Because so, yes. one of them lives in Cincinnati. Yeah, Travis. Travis. So um, that's my connection with them. But um, then we'll do music. Last night I was recording a guitar solo for a guy, um, but... So before being a full-time audio engineer, I was a uh, video. I did a lot of video, and I still do video mm-hmm. and video editing. Um, but when you get a full-time job, you don't want to do that stuff on the side anymore. Because right. it's like, wow, I'm done. I'm bored. Or, or not I'm bored. I'm, I'm done doing this now. But um, so, yeah. So I have a background in video and audio, and I went to school for video and audio and stuff. But now I'm full-time audio engineer. Okay. I mean, I guess you can get sort of uh, really focused on anything but I always feel like uh, one of the reasons I'm attracted to making the podcast and doing audio work is it's just like to me it just feels like one less element yeah to doing video work and and you know we I do like some like really minor video stuff yeah. here here and there and I'm always just like man I'm glad I don't have to worry about it yeah is that like do you feel kind of the same way yeah or? like I would say um that I get stuff from people where, like, if you're shooting video, people don't realize the importance of audio. That's true. So yeah. then people will then give me something. Like, I just got a job or I got a call on one day, and it was like, can you just take a look at this? And I end up putting time in on it. And it wasn't – you'll you'll get on, on a lot of projects where it's not recorded that great, and then I do a lot of – like, I'll have to do cleanup mm-hmm. with this certain program where you clean up, like we were talking about, lav, rubbing, right, clean right, that right. up, a truck backing up. Um, but – if audio is bad for something in a video, the whole video is is wasted. Yeah, it like it, it is really interesting because I've I've noticed that too. Where sometimes uh, you'll watch something that you think like, oh, this looks really bad, and actually it's that it sounds really bad. Exactly. Like it's really weird how that is the sort of invisible effect that something with bad audio can make it you. It tricks you into thinking that what you're watching sound looks really unprofessional. Yeah. And actually, if you just had better audio, it would suddenly like feel like, oh, this feels good. Yeah. The whole goal, I think, for for audio and what we're doing and any and anything like that is to not be noticed. Yeah. Like you don't. It's like a bass player. I say, like you don't notice a bass player unless they're <laughs> right. bad. 
<laughs> right. Like, so you don't notice the audio for a film or for anything unless it's um, bad. That being said, if there's like great sound design and all this stuff, then you're like, wow, that's really cool. But you don't think about the dialogue of in a movie unless it's sounds like it's like like honky and like it's got this like horrible tone that's like there's like an air conditioner running you don't think about it unless it's bad yeah yeah totally so it's weird like it's that's the other thing too i don't know if you do this now like probably on a much bigger scale because since i think about audio a lot more like this is nothing i ever really thought i would do so i've never like had to put my mind in that uh, place but i remember we i was at uh, eating in a restaurant in in paris which now like this sounds like very like oh, oh my like this is not the point of the story this is <laughs> yeah. not like a brag like i'm impressed I've, <laughs> I've been to paris once in my life so yeah. i'm not like trying to brag yeah. but like i was eating in a restaurant in paris and because the parisians are so like quiet mm-hmm. at a table like they don't they're not like a big, big boisterous americans um i my first thought was like wow, you could put a recorder on this table and like actually record a conversation. You could. like, yeah. But it's like such a weird instinct to immediately yeah, exactly. think about, I could record this. Yeah, there's low noise in here. <laughs> yeah. No, and that that's funny because here you think about it and you're like, wow, I can't record. And that's good that you're getting that thought of like, we're in a nice quiet room right now versus like, if you're somewhere else, I just recorded a, a podcast. It's called Brandemonium. It's a huge branding event and we did a podcast there. But sometimes it's kind of cool if you're doing a podcast or a recording at an event and you hear background chatter. Yeah. If you're far enough away from it that it's that the the people, the subjects are louder than the background noise, then that's great. And it gives it some environmental sound um, versus it being sterile, too clean. So I was just kind of curious how how does a person get into becoming an audio engineer? It doesn't seem like a job that a person like dreams of as a kid or did you? I did. Really? Yeah. So I um, am, it starts, I think a lot with a lot of people by being a musician. So I am a drummer, longtime drummer. And my podcast that I have is all about drums. Um, Okay. But so um, as a kid, I always loved the idea of recording music. I found a little four track tape uh, Yamaha at a garage sale, Mm -hmm. um, 75 bucks. And then, started recording little bands I was playing in and then that evolved to the next piece of gear and then computers became bigger. Um, and then I recorded just, I love recording music and friends and stuff. And then, um, I went to school and I was like, all right, I want to do audio recording and video. And then, um, ended up doing way more video in school. Um, but, um, you basically just have to put in a bunch of time. You have to intern somewhere. You kind of have to know people. And basically, I think the biggest part about being an audio engineer, um, you have to know your stuff. But I think a lot of people would agree that you have to be patient and hang out with people. And like, because you're recording for six hours and you haven't eaten in nine hours. Right. People start to get frustrated. You got to be the happiest, most let's do it. You got one more in you, man. Let's do it. Right. You got it. Um, but um, yeah, some, some children do dream of being audio engineers. They're, okay. they're out there. I, I would have never thought, I've, I just assumed I knew you were a musician. So I would assume you came to it more from that side. Yeah. Which but, I guess is, is true. I mean, right. but, but now like I was always like music, 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 but now I love doing 
I record voiceovers for like radio, radio spots and TV. And then we'll do, um, I enjoy doing sound design. I do a lot of that where like mm-hmm. there's animated commercials or, or animated like explainer videos where it's like, um, whooshes and this and that. And you, you build out where again, you don't think about it. It's just these sounds that are there. Yeah. So, um, it's a cool thing. I think there's not a lot of, um, I'm lucky I work at Gwyn sound, which I'm lucky to be able to work at a place where I can be doing this full time. Cause a lot of people do it independently and they have friends that they record. Um, but it's different when you get a paycheck and you're doing it. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I love it. Have you noticed anything about sort of the way people speak from editing, uh, people over time? I, it's something yeah. I, I don't know. I've, I've paid a lot more attention to in, in recent days. Yeah, I would say, um, and it's from my own personal experience of doing kind of interviews with people for my own thing is, um, I want to try. And as I just did it, I want to, you want to avoid saying, um, I think people say, <laughs> um, a lot and I do, but, um, <laughs> right there. Um, you want to not say, um, as much kinda, you know, it's kind of like this and yeah, it's yeah. kind of, kind of, kind of, um, as I can't stop saying, um, but, I know it's almost worse to say it to because say it to, to, to point it out it. because then that's all you can do is focus on it. Yeah, I, I'm so aware of my shortcomings because I listen to myself. You have so, to hear yourself, and so yeah, I, I don't know if I've actually gotten any better at it, but I, I think about it all the time. And when people come on the show, they'll be like really self conscious about stuff, and I'll be like, oh, don't worry, I'm the worst. And yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I say the I I have the worst habits, and maybe it's just because I've had to listen to myself the most that I'm really aware yeah. of my own bad habits. No one else is listening, maybe <laughs> to that close. No, they're not. and and I edit a lot of like like if people are saying um like crazy, I'll start taking them out and then yeah, drag it in. Um, sometimes people will just will answer a question and at the end of it you're kind of like what like re like you you can sometimes kind of say like rephrase just answer that one more time just a little shorter yeah that's one of the things i realized when um editing people is and you might be surprised to learn i do edit this show (laughs) (laughs) so i feel like every time i tell people like oh really like really yeah yeah, i do i know (laughs) it takes a long time Yeah, uh, it's really clear, isn't it? Um, yeah. But uh, the one of the funny things you don't realize until you have to start kind of chopping somebody up, and I try not to do it all that much, honestly, because I don't. It, it, yeah, I don't also want to do this thing that feels, you know, unnatural or yep. something. So, and I'm not making you know a super produced show here either. Yeah, it's, it's, which is good. It's not meant to be that. So that's also the other thing I kind of know. Like, well, this is the tone of it, and it's fine. Like, yeah. this is acceptable for this. It might not be acceptable for something else. For NPR but, or right. whatever. But, but yeah. it's fine here. Yeah. Um. And so, but one of the things that's funny to me is is you imagine that people speak in sentences like we think on the written page. Yeah. And they do sometimes. But what's really funny is almost always, and I'm really guilty about this too, is that those periods are almost always like imperceptible and they happen in the middle of two thoughts. So like a lot of times, like what I just did there, I, there, I left no pause. <laughs> cut, exactly. Story of my life. Yeah, you- I leave no pause for a, a poor editor to, to cut it out yeah. because it's like you would think like, okay, this they said this and then they stopped and you like, if you just had a transcript of it, you would go, okay, great. We can cut right there. Yeah, but then they went from one sentence to another without stopping and then there's, and like that and. Yes. Or the, the and will kind of. Yeah, we're always, that's something I've noticed about the way people speak is you're always kind of connecting those ideas 
instead of just leaving a a break because you want to keep the momentum going. Yeah. So you say things like and or you have these little words that connect ideas. I feel like when it's maybe how you start to look at English almost like a foreign language yeah. in the way that you go, oh, we, we do sort of like connect the sound from the last word to the beginning of this word. Yes. And it's hard to distinguish where one stops and one begins yeah. in the way that you might expect. Yeah. And a lot of times where what I'll have to do is do like if it's like a cause sometimes people will talk through into the next like we're talking about where they don't do the pause but then the next sentence will go on or the next, you know, thought will go on way too long and get off on a tangent. And I'm like, no, I need to cut it. So you can get pretty surgical. And then sometimes I'll take like a T, like a T sound from way down the line, right. chop it, take it, bring it back and finish their word for them, <laughs> which you don't want to do that too much. But if you if you it, have to, it, yeah. you can massage it and make it so it's like. And that's a pretty common thing. And that's nothing like just. Yeah crazy it just takes you need to be able to hear it well enough and see it um but i don't know that's 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 the definite the the battle is is fixing because people were just talking right now like i'm sure halfway through this i'm like like it's like okay i should have stopped saying this and then just ended and then it goes into something else and that's yeah. just the way it goes yeah, yeah. um so we're gonna go look at life jillian wearing and we're going to look at a piece in particular that I, I'm, I'm interested in your take on it because it's really heavily edited in a way that I didn't expect because I feel like a lot of, um, I don't know, do you know much about Jillian Waring? No. Okay. So I'll give you a primer and this will also be good for um, anyone who, you know, is not familiar with her. Yeah. So when they told me, oh, we're going to have a Jillian Waring show, I went like, ooh, I was excited. But I also knew like, Probably nobody else is that excited, <laughs> but Jillian Waring became like pretty well known in the in the mid to late nineties. Um, I don't know if you remember the Sensation Show in Brooklyn uh, that caused all the controversy with. I forget you're younger, aren't you? I'm 28. Yeah. Okay. So, but, yeah, so I seem smart. I'm going to say yeah. I remember that. <laughs> no, it's fine. You're okay to not remember it. I just <laughs> I always assume everyone's my age, and then I'm like, oh yeah, you're actually almost 10 years younger than me. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, there was a uh, a group of uh, young British artists, and that's what we a lot of people called them the YBAs. Mm. Um, most of them do not, including Jillian, do not like being called the that. YBAs. The YBAs. Yeah, they actually hate that. It's like a youth group or something. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, the young British artists. Yeah. So, and, and and you know, most of their work had really nothing to do with each other. It was just like they're a group of people who were making sort of challenging work in the late '90s and mid '90s that that became uh, really popular and and sold really well. Mm. And a lot of them were collected by like uh, the Saatchi Gallery. And do you know uh, the artist Damien Hirst? Yes. So Damien Hirst would be lumped in with gotcha. them. So he's the guy that has the sh big sh dead shark in yeah. the tank or the, the formaldehyde. Yeah, the sliced yeah. animals. You know, again, that work is completely different than what we're about to look at. And so th that, that's probably why a lot of those artists reject that um, grouping is because it's not really based on anything other than like their age and nationality and just yeah. kind of being yeah. bought by certain people. Um, so Jillian Waring sort of uh, started, you know, becoming well-known around that time. And a lot of her work is has aspects of being very, like, confessional. Um, and uh, there's a, some other artists who are doing that at the time, like Tracy Emin. Um, and 
so her work has, you know, she has this angles where she recorded people wearing masks and then telling these stories about themselves and sort of really dark confessional stuff, you know? Um, and she's done a lot of those things or, um, she's recorded, uh, herself dancing in a mall. Um, she's a very shy person. And so she's just like dancing in a mall, like with no music. Uh, that was like an early piece and it's just a static shot of people walking by her. And so a lot of those early pieces have, doesn't use a lot of editing. Um, yeah. there's a lot of things like the, the dancing piece. It's just like a static shot. It's more of like, I think a lot of the history of video art, there's some of the video has started almost like as a record of something of a performance. Yeah. And so that, that's been a part of it. And then, you know, they're, artists are certainly doing other things. It's not like universal, but a lot of her earlier work, I wouldn't think of as um, being really hyper edited. So one of the reasons why I wanted to get your particular take on it is just because this piece is very edited. And actually it's interesting, not only video editing, but actually the audio editing mm -hmm. is really interesting in it. So I wanna hear your take on it and get your opinions on, um, just how you think uh, maybe you'll notice something about it that I, I didn't notice about yeah. it. And, um, you know, I mentioned her use of masks. So we'll kind of walk past some of her photographs. She's done things where she's documented um, her, well, she's made, I say documented, that's almost the wrong word. So she's made, taken like old family photographs and then restaged them with herself playing other family members oh, wearing cool. masks like, wow. and like really complicated prosthetics. So like there's one um, that is not in this exhibition, but of her brother getting ready to like, just like go out on a Saturday night and he's like shirtless and like brushing his like long hair. And so she's like in this full like body cast to look like her teenage brother at the time. <laughs> And, um, you know, she's done like old photographs of her mother or, you know, other family members, her grandmother. And um, and so she's done a lot of things with masks. We have actually in this exhibition several uh, sort of portraits she's made as other artists. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, so it, using these masks. So this piece, I don't want to tell you too much about yeah. the way it incorporates masks or the idea of masks, because that'll be something we can talk about in a little bit. But I think that's something I just for you to keep in yeah, mind, too. Cool. So let's go check it out. Let's do it. We're back, and I wanted we're to. We're back. Hey, um, and I wanted to see what you thought about that piece, which I did not name uh, before we got in there. So the piece I was sort of setting up a lot was called Waring, comma Jillian, uh, which is a little pun on her name, Jillian Waring. So I, I didn't describe it super well before because I didn't want to spoil it. So maybe you can kind of tell us what we just watched. A yeah. Little bit. Sure, and I'll give it my, like, for the first time seeing it kind of perspective. So yeah. it's basically Jillian um, basically is standing in front of a white background, which, um, as we found out, was like a blue screen kind of uh, um, CGI, I guess it would be kind of thing. Um, so she, they have, like, a motion-tracked mask, which is then placing her face on multiple different... Uh, I think they were actors is what it said, or yeah. just regular people. They, they were, um, so I think she did this the way she does most of her work is by putting out 
um, ads and papers and, mm. and just asking for people. And she's always very, you know, she always gets absolute consent from the people that she uses in her, her movies or, or her video works. Um, and so, yeah, she just put out a call for it. Actually, um, before she came, she put out a call here for people to possibly participate in a project. And she just didn't get the kind of response wow. um, enough people to be, to do it. Uh, so yeah. yeah, so that's how she, and I'm, some of them probably are actors, but some of them, who, who knows? Yeah. And then, so it's going through what I imagine is a script that is like written from her describing, and you can maybe help cause like refresh, just, just describing how we put on masks when we leave the house in the morning and we yeah. are constantly wearing a mask and we're different people. Well, the, the, you, you use probably some terms that I don't know if everyone will understand, but um, I think the best way to describe that what you're looking at the most is like we're seeing different people who've like answered this, but their faces are all looking kind of like Jillian wearing yes, kind of is a good way to put it because it's, yeah, it doesn't quite cover all of the edges, right? Like it yes. kind of blends it in a way that to sort of make the illusion realistic, it blends usually above the chin and it's almost like, uh, you know, it, it, the edges of their face are still there. Like and, stubble on men. Right, exactly. And, yeah. it, and it kind of smoothly transitions into this. But like because the shape of the face is different, it, they all look a little different. And you can tell it even seems to change skin color yeah. on some folks. Um, so it matches the skin tone of yeah. the actual person. So, um, so yeah, they're reading from a script sometimes, but then sometimes yeah. you get the impression that they are saying things that are true about them. Yes, exactly. And the idea of identity gets really confused in the piece because for a while you're thinking, are they talking, is this stuff that Jillian wrote or is it stuff that they are saying about themselves and the uh, edges of like, like she asks, I think the way, you know, it's all very unclear um, the way she asks them probably to share a secret about yeah, themselves exactly but it's almost presented as secrets about jillian wearing yeah you and i like almost that how you can't tell where that it was almost one where you're like whoa where it's like a woman really quickly would say like yeah i just went along with it and i kissed both of them or something right and then there's another one that was like um i like i can't remember any other ones but it was like these these kind of like who's yeah it blurs that line of is this the script is this the individual yeah and they all have that wig on which i think was a key <laughs> thing to it where they have her hairstyle and the one i thought that and if if you get a chance to watch it the people listening but like the woman in the green kind of sweater right there was one where i was like oh that's her like i thought she was hidden in there and I'm like, she is. okay, because like that's, but that's not her. That's not her. And no. maybe I'm like an idiot, and I just kind of like <laughs> did missed it. But well, like, I only know which one is her because I met her here before the the, the show opened, and so I I would not know probably yeah. for sure which one is her, but I can tell now watching it. But it isn't the one in the green sweat. Yeah, I saw. Well, then at the end they reveal the people without their like the the kind of the Jillian mask on, and um, and one thing that was really cool, which in our the last bit we were talking about the editing is how it would be you'd hear the actual audio of Jillian. It's almost like they had the audio from different people running over other people Each while other. they were talking. Yeah. yeah. And then it would be a woman and then for two seconds it would go to a man's voice. And right. then it would come back to the woman. Um yeah, which, it's like all confused in this way that becomes it's a very disorienting experience in yeah. total because of all those things. So 
because of the the way you're like I'm not sure what I'm watching like wh- who is who what is true who is speaking as themselves who is speaking as Jillian and then even the way the audio cuts because you know they it becomes obvious when it does it from woman to man but then there are other times where you're like well it could have I think it might be it just switched to from two women or yeah. you know it does it in different ways where you're not sure Definitely. that's less clear yeah and at the end it reveals like I was saying, where you're, they're actually in front of the screen. You can see her there in, with the camera filming. And yeah. it's just this kind of, and then it shows like, it's just, it really takes you out of it. Like what you think you know when you see this, the man who you were like, I bet you look like this. I know you're a man, but then you see him without the wig on and you're like, okay, that is not what I thought you looked like. <laughs> that was cool though. That was awesome. Yeah, it is really, the reveal is really interesting at the end to see the people without the masks because you have sort of formulated this other idea of the person even through the mask, yeah. right? That's what's, I think that's what's really interesting. And I think that's a big part of a lot of her work is this idea of, well, you know, I didn't talk about this series of photographs she took earlier, but um, they're, I think they're really related. She she has this famous series where she just approached people on the street and she gave them like kind of a, I can't remember if it was like a marker board or a just like a big piece of paper or something where they could write something sort of confessional mm-hmm. about themselves, like tell me something about yourself that nobody knows um, kind of idea. And, you know, there's this very famous one from the series of this, you know, kind of businessman looks very put together and his sign just says, I'm desperate. And, yeah. and they're really interesting pieces because even like on one level, they, they seem to be saying, well, here's this thing that somebody is keeping hidden that they're revealing. So it's this like hidden truth coming out. Um, so on that level, it's it's like it's confessional. But then on the same time, we're trusting what that person is telling us is true. Yeah, and we're making a lot of um, assumptions about their statements based on what we're seeing as well. So we see this businessman, and it says, "I'm desperate." And I think the place in my mind goes is that like oh, he looks like a person who has it all, but he's saying like, oh, I'm so desperate. Like my life is in shambles and like, but he could also just being like, like I'm sexually desperate or like, I'm, you know, it could be even a joke. Like you don't really know like how they intended it. Um, So there's a a lot of that kind of, uh, and a lot of her work, uh, things about face value and assumptions we make about a person based on their appearances. um, And then the kind of way when you learn more about them, that changes what you see about them or how even the trust, how trustworthy is it? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of like power in that. Like if you're holding something that's like, you're saying something and you believe it and then like for the person who's holding the sign who knows that's not a true statement or we don't know, but like for them to hold on to that secret and say that like, no, I know in my head that I'm not actually desperate, but you think I am. Yeah. But I'm not going to reveal that to you ever. Right. A lot of power in that. Kind of an interesting, uh, like, like in, in just with that whole piece in general, just like knowing what's true. Like for me, who will walk away and you've met her and stuff, but I'll never know. Right. You know, that's an interesting. Um, yeah, it was kind of funny because I was debating whether to like tell you which one is her and I kind of don't want to because no. I like I like the <laughs> yeah. I was like, I also don't want to tell anyone else because I think I like the. 
I, I don't want it just to be so clear. Like, I don't want it to be really obvious. Spoiler, yeah. But I do like the fact that she did put herself in there mixed in with the other digital masked people. Yeah. Um, I think if you watched it a couple of times, you'd probably oh, yeah. figure it out. But one of the other things I was thinking about this piece is um, how it does feel, you know, I was mentioning the differences between maybe this and some of her earlier video work and, and, um, but this piece, uh, the more I watch it, the more it feels very timely. Um, and it feels very much a piece about today. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like she's dealing with a lot of these same ideas, but this is in a very social media kind of like yeah. world type of way. The facial, re- that was my first thought is the facial recognition and the like turning your face into a puppy or whatever. Right. Yeah. Where it's, it's like, like motion tracking and, and then you, it looks further into it of like, people using that information and that tracking and your, your face is being recorded all the time. And, um, cause I'm sure in some, it, of course, in some way it's the exact same technology that, um, Snapchat. Oh, it's totally it like, based I mean, on that. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean the, the technology she used here, I don't know exactly like what sort of brand of it it no, is. Right. Yeah, cause I'm no. sure there are different people who do it, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the sort of, I actually watched some videos on this um, when we this piece opened. I was just kind of interested in the technology. And it was interesting because, you know, some of the software, it's very cheap. You can buy it. Um, it was funny because they were like replicating the sort of um, Carrie Fisher face replacement on like Rogue One that yeah. they did at the end. Yeah. And they like basically just fed in like, all this like footage from past like star Wars movies into it. And then they like basically compared the scenes and it was kind of crazy how like the one that was just automatic, that was not, you know, painstakingly done like the frame by frame. Right. Like, you know, the, the one we're watching in like a Hollywood movie is actually somebody's, you know, really worked uh, on this. And then you have these, the software that'll kind of do the same thing. And like, you could tell a little bit of a difference. I mean, you could tell if you were looking really carefully, but it was kind of shocking how convincing a job it did just automatically. Wow, yeah. And then, you know, there's technology that, um, actually Adobe just uh, has come up with that technology that allows you to replicate somebody's voice Hmm. too. Weird. Like you can fill in, um, uh, it's almost like you, if basically you feed it a bunch of audio and then you can make it say, something wow. in somebody's voice. And so it's like the the sort of big political and um, social ramifications of this are like kind of scary because you're looking at like, you can make a video of a world leader saying something yeah. that they never said. And it's all very easy to do now. Yeah. Like it's really crazy. And, and I think when we live in the, you know, the idea of a world where we are never sure what is true and what is not, this all this video seems to be really tied to those ideas of yeah. like truthfulness, I like who is who, what is true, like all of that seems to be in there. Yeah, everything you just said is in there with the voice, and then it's like it almost pulls out pulls the rug from underneath you, and you're like, like oh wait, the voice just switched. Like that's not even the person talking because the lip, the sync to the mouth was like pretty dead on on a lot of those where it yeah. looked like they were talking and. Um, there's a lot of fear I know with people where they're getting those tattoos or whatever, where they like, or I know in like certain, I think in Japan, 
Jamaica or something. I, I, there was some art piece that I just saw. We were at 21C in um, mm-hmm. Louisville, and they had the piece where like it was people who had bleached faces. Oh, really? And they don't want to be uh, able to be seen from like security cameras that can do facial recognition. Or people do the makeup mm-hmm. where it's these bars across their face that block facial recognition. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, so... Um, it's the whole big brothers watching. There's cameras everywhere kind of thing. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, like I literally pick up my phone now to my phone is unlocked by facial recognition. Exactly. Which is like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And Alexa, um, all that stuff, the Amazon, the Google stuff. It's like that's voice. And the big the big movement, I think, in the future of technology, a lot of people think is is more. It's already there with Siri and, and all this kind of stuff is um voice and it kind of isn't great now but that's going to be the next big thing people think is voice activated everything Hmm. so um we'll see what that and now that they're faking voices that's what's crazy it's just all yeah yeah that's that that and it's it's pretty insanely again it works pretty well like the technology is is pretty convincing like you can make you know i i think i originally saw it uh demonstrated with like using Barack Obama's voice and, and it was like, Oh yeah, that's pretty good. Like, wow. um, So it's just, it's, it's pretty shocking. Like the idea of how we can replicate things, but yeah, the, the, the technology in the video is directly, you brought up like Snapchat filters and, and I think that's, you know, it's not very different. It's really based around the same ideas as like a Snapchat filter, you know, the, Facebook and Instagram filters that we've all played around with where you talk about yeah. like puppy ears and yeah. stuff or, but, and, and it is like, it is really weird. Sometimes like I'll, I, I, I was playing around again with like the features on my phone. Um, and like, it was really strange to like, if you use like the portrait mode on an iPhone and you like scroll through the different options and I realized like, Oh, that's like smoothing out like my face. Like this one's basically putting makeup on. Yeah, me. exactly. Like, it's doing that in this way that the line between like what is real and what is not real is always a little blurry with photographs, right? Yeah, because yeah. we we do have this sort of false idea. And our curator, I think he said it on the episode uh, when I interviewed him here on the on the show. Um, our curator of photography, Nathaniel Stein. You know, he talks about this a lot. Is like the idea of uh, photography, like that line being blurred in photography of what is real and not real is like as being a new thing is not really true. Like yeah. it's actually always been a part of the story of photography yeah. from day one has been like sort of manipulating the truth. Yeah. Doctoring and, them. And- yeah. Yeah. But it's, it seems like it's so much easier to do it now. And in the way that even there, I don't necessarily think of me just selecting different options on my phone as being like a weird manipulation. But I realized like, Oh, this is almost like putting makeup on me. This <laughs> yeah. is really strange. Like <laughs> I kind of notice subtle things like, Oh wait, this is like kind of smoothing out my skin. Yeah. And it's like, like, wow, I look great with makeup on. Right. <laughs> right. And that's like a weird thing that it, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know exactly. I don't have a really clear thought of, I guess what I'm trying to say about yeah, it. Yeah. No, it, it's creating uh it's like, it's like unrealistic, um, I see more and more you like on on social media you only see photos that people put out that have that thing where their their eyes look bigger <laughs> yeah. and their eyelash and it's just kind of right. like it's just creating this um alternate world where the real world it's just kind of this you'd rather live in this 
fake world because it makes everything look better and, and you can do these crazy filters. Um, but then almost going back to the wearing Jillian piece as it has like, she's talking about these people and the, what, and these weird things that they say about like, Oh, I had this secret. It's like, yeah, everyone's still got this real, it's still the real world. Yeah. So it's got this kind of like, like it's a facade. Yeah. The mask. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always, I think that's sort of the point she comes to in a lot of her work is that, that just, she's interested in that point of, you know, like you said earlier, like we wear masks every day, we wear them. And, and so even at the end, um, we have the people unveiled um, and we see their real face, but it's like, we still don't really know anything about them and they're still lying to us. Right. Yeah, they're exactly. still saying, they're still saying I'm Jillian wearing, I'm Jillian. They're yeah. all like running through their names and that that's not their names. We can be pretty sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's still this like, um, uh, yeah, just uneasiness. And I, I like, uh, you brought up something and it made me think of, uh, when you're talking about the way the audio drops out yeah, and changes and it's like kind of pulling the rug out from under you. Yeah. It makes me think about, um, actually something I hadn't really connected with, but like David Lynch, um, mm-hmm. in using the way he'll kind of lull you into the comfort of believing in the lie of cinema, right? Yeah. Like that's a big trick he likes to play on people is like and i'm thinking of that the big scene in uh mulholland drive when at the theater when the uh, the woman singing crying in spanish and mm-hmm. like all of a sudden she just stops singing like but the audio keeps going yeah, on exactly and it's like the most disorienting like crazy moment and yeah. you're just like <gasps> like it kind of takes your breath yeah, away like, wait no you kind of ruins it. you're like i was into that i, I liked that yeah, yeah yeah and and so you know that that's just something I had never thought about uh, this piece, and and just brings me back to that idea of like how we want. It's almost like he's definitely always playing that game where we want to believe what we're being shown. Yeah, yeah, and you think it's an inherently connected audio yeah. and video, and it's it's not. Yeah, it's actually a massive pain in the butt to get it synced and get it matched <laughs> right. up right. And for them to do that, like you can imagine they're editing it, and it's just this like like a lot of people would call it like a checkerboard pattern of audio here, audio there, audio there. Like that would be, that was a difficult piece to do. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. It's really, it, it's definitely like way more complicated than I was assuming. Cause yeah. again, I thought, Oh, okay. I knew just there are people wearing her face, but it's, it's much more about the editing than I think you yeah. would expect it to be. Especially when they're jumping around and they're moving and the face stays on there. I'm like, wow, that's uh but I like how she even said in, in the piece, she says, like, I can run my hand in front of it and you might see it glitch a little bit. Yeah. And it was like, it did. You saw it like w- disappear just disappear for a just, second. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. Like, around the edges, especially yeah. like when she runs her hand past it, you yeah. see it just kind of like disappear. It's just so, it's such a weird piece. That was awesome. Yeah. I appreciate you bringing me in to, to look at it because well, I, I, yeah, you don't see things like that very often. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Did yeah. you have any, we, we kind of quickly brushed through some of the other pieces in the show so i didn't know if you had any other thoughts or any uh, yeah i really liked the um and it's kind of like probably like not the most like um fancy way of saying it but i i feel like the 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 images they're basically moving like i would call it like a like a um that's what i'm looking for like like an image of a person except it's a video like where it's you're talking about the the work that's on the opposite side of the video yeah so that piece is called snapshot 
Hmm. Um, which I think that, that's actually an interesting kind of changes maybe how you think about it a little bit too. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, it's made up of these different screens, but um, they do kind of look like a photograph. Like you were saying, it's kind of a, like a portrait that's yeah. moving. Um, so it's it's kind of this weird in between place of a it it feels like almost like a still photo come to life is yeah. sort of the idea. Yeah, and it. So the thing I was saying where it's like not the most eloquent way of saying it is it reminds me of Harry Potter, <laughs> you know, where they're walking and the, the yeah. photos are moving. And I've always yeah, actually that. thought that was like a uh, extremely cool technology, but it's like where you're, there's like five of them or six of them. And I can't remember exactly, but there are, there's, I, I, I want to say like six or seven, maybe I can't yeah. remember exactly, but yeah, there's uh and they're kind of arranged in roughly like chronology of, age yeah you know you yeah. you get the impression that you we start on one side and it's a very young girl playing a violin and then on the clear opposite side is an older lady sitting in a chair but we also understand they are not the same person no like um but basically because of you know race and, exactly. and, and some other things that we can tell like oh these are different people um but they do seem to be kind of arranged by age and and we have the sound of the violin from the girl is coming through in the speakers uh but then we also have headphones that have an audio that sounds like it's the older lady but she's not talking yeah it's just and then that was like almost like your senses are just kind of like wait you want to match the voice with her but it's yeah she's not talking right. so it's kind of a um it it all felt just, and then that that hearing the voice, it makes you. It's a British woman speaking, mm -hmm. so it it was all just very British, <laughs> in a good way. Where you see it, you see this woman eating like some sort of chip, like pork rinds or something in a car. Oh yeah, I I guess I, yeah, I wasn't. I never really thought about. It. I I think I just always assumed they're potato chips, but they maybe, might be or not potato chips, uh, French fries. But maybe yeah. they are like a more chip thing because she is chewing a lot. Well, in England they call chips. That's true. Fries. So That's you, right. it's, you're fries, all chips, yeah. you're all right. Yes. Um, but. Um, <laughs> Very British in a great way, and I think as in in as an American, we all I, I like to like romanticize that a little bit. Where I'm like, I like that kind of proper British feel. So it's like, isn't that funny though? Like, why are we so hung up on that? Like, we totally do have this thing where we just think like the British are just like a cut above, right? Yeah, like yeah. And I feel like it's so funny because obviously, you know, it's just. Yeah, they're just like anyone else. There's like people. Right. And but it, it is like this thing where I'm almost a little bit like, oh, are they judging me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they hate me because I'm an American. I'm too loud in this restaurant. <laughs> probably. Yeah. I mean it's probably true. No, but but yeah, it just kind of and then that's something that's different from us. So we look at it and we go, Oh, you're you know, and it's that that young British artist kind of uh thing that I think is like it attracts you to these British it just it's it's uh it draws me in. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I guess it's funny that you had that take on it, maybe because I already knew Jillian was British and I didn't really get too hung up on that in that piece. Because actually, I feel like I don't know if there's anything in any of those images apart from, I mean, the voice is is maybe the thing, you know, you're, you're responding to the most there. But I feel like if you walked up to those images and didn't, if you hadn't put on the headphones, I don't think there's really anything in them that would necessarily make you think no. British at all. No, not really. Because I, I mean, all of the images I feel like could be placed anywhere. You yeah. know, the 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 photo or the photo. It's really funny because you do think of them as photos yeah. and less videos. But the the first one of the girl playing the violin, you know, it clearly looks like a very old photograph and like from maybe the '40s or something, yeah. like based on her clothes. Um, and then 
you know, the, the fashions and things kind of change as you go through time. And I feel like they all look like an old photograph I would see in my family's album. So in that way, I feel like you, they don't image wise, they don't feel particularly connected to, um, British culture in any way. No, but then that voice just, it immediately takes you there. You can't, you can't hear anything else. No, no. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a little old British lady (laughs) sitting, kind of adjusting her dress and, uh, yeah, it's funny because it's like, yeah, I mean, it does it does have a certain weight to it that uh, to our ears and maybe again to think about the sort of ideas of uh, perception and stereotypes uh, that we bring to a person when we see them to tie it back to the other piece. That's yeah. funny because it's the way that we immediately have like ideas about a person like, oh, they're British. So they're probably a little more like buttoned up than we are yeah. right? or something yeah. like they love tea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Those no. are my, those yeah. are my stereotypes that I'm always having to fight. Cause you just immediately go like, oh, you they're probably a little, uh, a little, uh, more reserved, a little more reserved, a little more proper. Right. Right. Um, which I think to a lot of people that in, in, when you're in England, it's like you're in these certain areas and it's like, that's not the case. Exactly. No, obviously it's like, no. you know, it's like uh, any other culture is full of like different classes and different, yeah. you know, uh, people in different locations where, well, this is kind of appropriate here and this is not appropriate here. And there's people acting like wild in a bar, just yeah. like anywhere else. People and, get drunk everywhere. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Bart. Oh, absolutely. This was great. This was awesome. Thank you for having me here. Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope you'll be inspired to come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have your own conversations about the art. General admission to the museum is always free, and we also offer free parking. Special exhibitions on view right now are The Fabric of India, Life, Jillian Waring, and Collecting Calligraphy, Arts of the Islamic World. Join us on Saturday, December 15th at 1 p.m. for an all-ages artist workshop led by Tracy Holiday. We'll be making our own ugly dolls that you can take home or maybe even give away as a gift. For program reservations and more information, visit CincinnatiArtMuseum.org. You can follow the museum on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and also join our Art Palace Facebook group. Our theme song is Offrande Musicale by Bacalao. And like always, please rate and review us. It always helps others find the show. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum. <laughs>